0: Okay. Uh, Erev Tobin, good evening, everyone. We are in Parshat Nitzavim uh, this evening and learning the Zerah Shimshon Os Beis, section two in the Zerah Shimshon. Uh, he is going to start off talking about a Pusuk, uh, which I'm going to read right now. It is uh, in Parak Lamid, Pasuk Dalet. Im Yiyen Nidachacha Bikte HaShemayim if you will be exiled, if you will be pushed away to the ends of the heavens, meaning if the B'nai Yisrael, when they are sent away from the land of Israel, as is, is projected, will happen in the future, uh, and if they're sent so far away that it's to the end of the heavens, misham hashem alokecha, from there Hashem your God will gather you, will misham and from there He will take you. So the Zereshimshon is going to uh, focus on that possum. Again, space. if you will be exiled out to the end of the heavens, from there, Hashem, your God will take you. Etc. We should ask the question: Should Tevas Misham That the word Misham, which means from there, is extra when it says misham from there Hashem will gather you the word misham is unnecessary shedai Hayalomar, because it would have been enough to say im Hashem if you will be exiled to the end of the heavens Hashem will gather you it's understood that it means from there Hashem will gather you so we don't need the word the Torah did not need the word Misham, from there. That's clearly understood and is is unnecessary as Shem Shon is asking. The ode, and another question, mahu hakefel what is this double language or this repetition, ummisham yikachecha, and from there he will take you. If the Pesach were just to say, Hashem will gather you in from the ends of the heavens, why does that, then then of course we understand Hashem is going to take us back and bring us back to Eretz Yisrael. Why does it have to, uh, double up the language and say Hashem will gather you from there and Hashem will take you from there. So those are the Zerah Shemshon's two questions uh, on that puzzle. V. H. and we can say that I'm reading the Parakama de Megillah uh, that we say in the first in Mesaphas Megillah, Ki Lefanat. when Haman comes back from being ordered by Achashveirosh to uh, show great honor to Mordechai. So his wife and his supporters say to him that if Mordechai is a Jew, they say to Haman these words: uh, "Then you will certainly fall uh, in front of him. You will certainly fall to Mordechai." They tell Haman. So the Gemara asks: the filos elu lama? Why did they uh, repeat?" The word "fall" twice. Why? Why did they uh, say the word that uh, Haman would fall twice to him? I mean, it's bad enough if they told him you'll fall in front of Haman. Why did they have to say you will certainly fall in a double language uh, that Haman would certainly fall in front of Mordechai? D'orash, Reb bar So the Gemara in Megillah uh, brings Rebbe Yehuda bar Eloi who says, "Malame this teaches us that Zeresh said to Haman." her husband, umazu, this nation, meaning the Jewish people, m'shula le'afar, they are compared to the dust, that means in one place in the Torah, uh, it says that we will be, the Jewish people will be as numerous as the dust of the earth, umeshula le'kochavim, and we're also compared to the stars, in another place in the Torah it says the Jewish people will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, Yordan yordin, ad al'afar, when the jewish people go down meaning when they are oppressed they're subjugated they go all the way down to the dirt they go all the way down to the ground and when they go up when they rise up they rise up to the shemaim. so the reason we're compared to both afar and kochavin uh, according to Torah, is that uh, the jewish people will experience in their history um, both the lowest of the lows and, and the most terrible of subjugations and also the highest of the high. In terms of what Zeresh was saying to Haman, she was saying to him, now that we see Mordechai is ascending, Mordechai is on the rise, uh, Achashverosh is, is honoring him and Achashverosh has commanded you to honor him. Now that he's on the rise, there's no way to defeat him. He will go up and up and up, adler akia up to the Shemayim. He cannot possibly be defeated and therefore your downfall, is certain and that's why she used a double language that he that Haman you will certainly fall to Mordechai because he can't possibly be uh, defeated That, that, that is the point that she was making uh, to Haman and so too we see in the first uh, in Mosef and Eretz explain explained the this way, and we're gonna quote the pusuk in a moment, but let's just see what the Gemara says. Nafla, she will fall, vilotos, and she will continue to fall out anymore. Kum basula has, uh, uh, rise the basula of Yisrael, rise up the Virgin of Israel. So the Pusuk that's being talked about is a pusuk in uh, Amos in Amos, and it reads as follows nufla uh, lo The the besula of Yisrael, the virgin of Israel, has fallen and she will not anymore get up. Uh, lo, sorry, She has fallen. Lo besula Yisrael. The besula of Yisrael will no longer get up. Now that pasuk and its and its basic meaning is is talking about a period in, in Jewish history when B'nai Israel will not be able. To recover, they will—they will be so um, in such a a period of punishment of onish and of exile that they won't be able to recover at that um, time. That's what the pesukim actually talk about. What the Goren Brachos says is that the Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael took that pesuk and if we change the way we read it a little bit, if we change the punctuation a little bit, um, then it will. uh, Then you could read it as follows: Neftalososik Lindpol. That, that she has fallen and she will not continue to fall. Cum wow. bes- Israel, get up, uh, virgin of Israel. So w- the reason air er Shimshon brings in that pasuk is because he's trying to make a very important point, which I want to stop here for a moment to explain, so that we can understand how he builds upon it. What he's saying is that it's not just the case that Bnei israel will experience both tremendous lows. And, and tremendous highs. It's that when B'nai Israel reaches a point of the lowest of the low, then it is certain that B'nai Israel will begin to rise from that moment onwards. And these two Gemara's, <laughs> the Gemara Megillah <laughs> and the Gemara and is that Hashem built the world, structured the the world and the destiny of B'nai Yisrael Yisrael to be, that it's impossible for B'nai Yisrael to be completely defeated and completely subjugated. A lot of time may pass, uh, a lot of suffering may be experienced, but ultimately once B'nai Yisrael hits the bottom, so to speak, the bottom of the barrel, then automatically they will begin to rise again because it's impossible for them to, to stay at the bottom um forever and that's the point that the Zerushimshad is trying to make from these two gemurras which we're now going to see how that fits together and this now with this understanding this is what the pasuk is saying Bnei Yisrael will be exiled to the end of the heavens. This means the final frontier so to speak, the final uh, point of exile. She'ain od And there's nowhere further that the Jews can be sent away. She'kfar This means you've already gone all the way down to the dust. The Bnei Yisrael has been subjugated down to the dust. The Ha'hinu bidiyuta hatachton. This means the final uh point, linpolo, that you can't fall anymore. Misham, that's that word from the Pasak, Misham from there, from there Hashem will gather you in. Shahare because then we can say, Az nomar, then we can say Kum basula It's time for the basula of Yisrael to rise up. When b'nei Israel hits the bottom again, then then we know that they're that they are going to begin uh to ascend. because going down to the very bottom, he see Balalos the rakia. It is a reason and a cause for b'nai Israel to begin to rise up to the Rakia. So that's why the pasuk said, and the is going to keep explaining this, that's why the pasuk said, um Show me the one more time if you will be exiled to the heart then from there from that point from that lowest point then Hashem will bring you back and let's see the Zerashim Shun say that and because the Jewish people are never exiled except through in some way through the Ephraim lehem lehi goyel ella kishiyah shalom and it's impossible for them to be redeemed unless uh, they reinstitute peace amongst them. Uh, we're going to see two psukim from Hosea here. Habur uh, atzabim Ephraim hanachlo. One pasuk says uh, Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave him alone, meaning that Ephraim at that point was so separated from the Jewish people that they were completely bound up with idols, and therefore Hanachlo, leave them alone. Hashem said to Hosea, leave them alone, don't even try to bring them back. They're so disconnected from their brethren that you can't possibly save them. Uksiv and it also says uh, later in Sefer Hosea, Chalak Libam, their hearts are divided, ato now they will be found guilty which the Zereshimshon takes to mean, now that the people are divided and the people are not unified and, and, and uh, there isn't a way to make a reconciliation amongst the different people amongst Bnei Yisrael, then now they will be found guilty and now they will suffer uh, consequences. And, and so um, that, that shows us that when Bnei Yisrael is, is not unified, that's when the worst consequences are suffered and that's when a ge'ula cannot start to come about. Mishumhachi Amar, and because of this, uh in the Pusak it says, Mitachila at first, Mishami Kabetzcha, from there he will gather you. Why does it use this language of gather you? Yevarech ozcha bishalom, Hashem will bless you with peace v'ti ki ke'ish echad, And you will be joined together like one person. So the first step of redemption is for B'nei Yisrael to begin to be unified again, to join together, to have to this language of uh, kibbutz, of joining together. And when B'nai Yisrael does that, then um, izeha, kibbutz and from this stage of being joined together and having peace, yikachecha min hagolos, Hashem will um, take you out of the of the exile, b'zehu, and this is the meaning of the originally we thought a redundant phrase of um, misham yikachecha, and from there, um, Hashem will take you. So the Zerah Shimshon has answered his two questions. He has a lot more to say, but let's just stop here, pause here, and recap so we understand the answer to these uh, two questions. The first question was that the word Misham from there seems to be unnecessary. He said it's Miuseris, it's extra superfluous, um, but now we understand that the word Misham is teaching us something very important, which is that Hashem is saying if you B'nesor, be exiled to the Furthest point, and they can—they cannot possibly experience more uh, punishment, or more suffering, or more exile. Once they hit that point, then immediately Hashem will begin to bring them back, which is the theme that He developed for us from the Gemara and and the Gemara and that that uh, that that things are set up. Hashem set things up in such a way that when B'nai Yisrael hits the bottom then immediately they begin to come back. There's a there's an impact and an effect of which they immediately begin to rise again. That's the beginning of the gu'ula. When they hit the worst moment of the gu'ula and it can't get any worse, that's when the gu'ula um, begins. So that's what the word misham indicates. From there, dafka, from that point of no return, that's when Hashem says, I have to start bringing you back. And in terms of his second question, the double language, Hashem said, uh, from there I will gather you, meaning I will gather you together and you'll begin to make peace and you'll begin to um, repair the damage of Sinas Chinam and you'll begin to build Abbas Yisrael amongst the Jewish people. And then that's the first step that can then lead to Misham Yikachecha, then I can bring you back and take you back to your land, but only after you build peace uh, and unity amongst the Jewish people. So he's answered both questions. Now let's continue and, and go further. Vizuhi Medra, Ha and this is the intention of the Medrash uh, and Shmos Raba. on the Moshe This is talking about where Moshe um, was taking care of Yisro's flock after uh, he began to live with Yisro and Midian and he uh, took uh, Mo- uh, Yisro's flock out and of course he we know the famous story he encounters the famous burning bush so that's what we're talking that's what the medrash arab is talking about rabbi eliezer omer rabbi eliezer says just as the bush that moshe encountered is the lowest of all of the trees olam in the world so too, this represented the Jewish people who were at the lowest and 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 most a uh, down point in Egypt. Therefore, Hakadosh Baruch appeared to them and redeemed them. So the snare, which symbolizes so many things, this perspective of this piece in the Medrash Rabba is saying that the sneh, one of the things it symbolized um, was the state of B'nai Yisrael. Just like it was a lowly bush and everywhere else there were taller trees and everything was taller and more stately than this lowly bush, Hashem made the very unusual choice of appearing to Moshe, or having Moshe speak to Moshe from this bush to say this is the state that B'nei Yisrael is in. They're in a, in, in, in a, in a lowly and subjugated state. Ulahora tamua." and apparently this is a, a strange thing. Ma tam what kind of reason is this? Meaning, because B'nei Yisrael was at such a low point, why does that uh, lead, why does that uh, tell us that therefore Hashem redeemed them? What's the connection between the two points? And what we just said, it all makes sense because B'nei Yisrael was as low as you could possibly be, Hashem needed to begin to redeem them uh, immediately, which is again the point, the theme that the Shon, uh has developed. So we understand um, now what the symbolism of the Sna means in this regard. And, and, is, and in this way, we can also understand a pasuk in Tehillah. "Ga'alta Bizroa you redeemed with your arm your people. Are you redeemed your people with your arm? That's how the pasuk begins. We'll see the end of the pasuk in a moment. But the Pusik begins, "You redeemed your people with your arm." The hule, etc. The the Bizroa mashma the fact that the Pussek says that Hashem redeemed the Jewish people with his arm uses that imagery. This means that it was done Mikoah Hadin through the power of justice, not the power of Rachman, not Hashem's Midas HaRachman, but rather Hashem was redeeming the Jewish people uh, uh, through Midas HaDin. Uma and what is the connection between this, which again is just the first part of the Pasuk, Im Sofa with the last few words in the Pusuk, Bine yakov the Yosef the sons of Yaakov and Yosef Selah. What is the connection between that? That Hashem redeemed his nation with his arm, which Zerashimshon means with the Midas Hadin and uh and then who, who is his people b'nei the yosef they are the sons of Yakov and yosef uh cello. what does that uh, have to do how does that connect the lama his yosef and why does this pasuk and tehillim specifically single out yosef who b'chal b'nei yaqob he is included in the sons of Yakov. so the pasuk just sort of said Hashem, you redeemed your people. B'nei Yaakov, the sons of Yaakov. Why did it say B'nei Yaakov the Yosef? These were the sons of Yaakov and Yosef. So again, the Zerah Shimshon has two questions as he did in the beginning uh, on, a, on a different Pesach in our parish, but now he's asking two questions on this Pesach in Tehillim. And we can answer this question by looking at what the Mekubolem write if it was not for the fact that Yosef was ruled over by his brothers before he went down to Egypt then the Jewish people would have been stuck in Egypt forever but since the brothers did rule over Yosef, they took control over him, and they, uh, and of course we know what, you know, the the whole situation there, they took control over him, they debated killing him, they threw him into the pit, they had complete control over them. Through that, the Mekubalim say, uh, because they did this to him, Techila first, and afterwards Yosef went down to Egypt and ultimately became the ruler over the Egyptians. Then this means that, in a certain way, the Egyptians were servants to the entire Jewish people. The I and Asara and look more for this idea, this concept, and the Sefer Asara Mamoros. But let's just pause here for a moment. What's being said is that, from a from a from the perspective of the Mikubalim, uh it was essential for Yosef to be. Controlled and dominated by his brothers before he went down to Egypt, why? because once he went down to Egypt uh, and became the ruler over the Egyptians, he himself had been as as if it were an evid to his brothers now he's the ruler over the Egyptians, so he is so to speak acquiring the Egyptians for his brothers so um, so the, so the Egyptians, this powerful, powerful world Uh, a dominating nation, um, from the Kabbalistic perspectives, they were all ruled over by Yosef. Yosef was ruled over by his brothers, and therefore uh, the Egyptians were uh, subservient in a certain way, from a certain perspective, to the Am Yisrael, to all of the brothers. And this is what the Pasuk in Tehillim means, you redeemed with your arm the haynu bekoah haddin which means hashem was redeeming the jewish people from egypt through the letter of the law shema shekona eved konarabo because something that an eved acquires his master actually acquires it right if you have an eved and the eved goes out and he finds something and he picks it up and according to halacha no one else can claim it it's his it actually belongs to the master so here too Yosef who had been an eved to his brothers now he goes and he acquires rulership over egypt over the country of egypt over the mitzrayim and so he acquires the egyptians so to speak uh, as his subjects um and then, and that means that uh they have the egyptians have been acquired to all of his brothers and so they are subservient as we said to the uh jewish people to the b'nai yaakov and that is why in the end hashem could say to the Egyptians or treat the Egyptians in such a way as if to say, you can't possibly own the Jewish people. It's actually the Jewish people who own you. Yes, it's true that for a long period of time, you were able to turn the tables and turn things around and get the Jews and enslave them. But from, from the actual legal perspective, um, it is the Jews who, who are ruling over you as, and, and have uh, the right to rule over you as opposed to you ruling over them. And therefore I'm going to take them out from serving you uh, according to the Midat Hadin. Legally, I can take them out and you have no claims or no legal reasons to stop them. The Im Tomar, if you ask the question, Umat to if you ask why was it really necessary for the brothers to rule over Yosef, V'shyeyelech and that he should then go down to uh, Egypt and become a servant, even if he went there himself, without having the name of an Evid put on him, and he became, let's say Yosef on his own had chosen just to go to Egypt and he had be, ultimately become the king and the ruler over them, then the Egyptians would have been acquired to him, they would have been subservient to him, and they would have been the servants of B'nai Yosef. Truly true, they would not have had any subservience or any, uh, any, any kind of um, uh, Avdus relationship to the B'nai Yaakov, to the rest of the ch- children of Yaakov, but they would have been subservient to Yosef and his children there, to the B'nai Yosef. Yeshlo Omar Shahaz, how you call Bnei Yaakov kafufim because then the answer is that if that had happened, then all of the Bnei Yaakov would have been subservient to Yosef. Shehu Taina the Din and and he alone of all the brothers would have been able to have a legal claim, a justified legal claim, uh, to be freed from Egyptian bondage and to come out to freedom, and that would not have been. Uh, from Hashem, Hashem's perspective, that was not what uh, part of Hashem's plan. He wanted all of the Jewish people to have that right. And therefore, it was important for uh, the brothers to rule over Yosef first, and then he became the ruler over the Egyptians. And that's what the pasuk means when it says uh, and 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 through this, the Yosef uh, the, the Hashem took out the Jewish people from Egypt uh, with his arm, meaning with justice, with the Midas Hadin, because of B'nai Yaakov, the Yosef, because it was through um, the B'nai Yaakov and, um, and Yosef together. He was subservient, they were subservient to Yosef, Yosef was subservient to the B'nai Yaakov, and therefore uh, altogether B'nai Yisroel uh, could claim their freedom in a justified way, and Hashem could take them out in that manner. Yeah. So the shimshon basically, again, just to kind of go back, what we what we can take away from it is that even though the last few points went off in a different direction and explained the Pusik to Tehillim, the main theme that the shimshon developed is one which is in very important to reflect upon, that there can be uh, two, two points, that they're, number one, that B'nai Yisrael can can never be in a situation, Hashem will never allow B'nai Yisrael to be in a situation where there's no hope. There will always be, as soon as things get as bad as they can be, if God forbid they reach that point, there will always be a, a, a redemptive and an ascendancy and an aliyah. And number two, that the Jewish people, the first step in, in reaching Ga'ula and beginning the ge'ulah process, will be when we make peace amongst ourselves, when we eradicate sinas and we and we replace it with havas, havas chinam uh, and we unify and we join together and we see that's uh, Misham uh, HaShem uh, Yikabetzcha, HaShem will join us together or Misham and HaShem will then take us and begin the Ge'ula and take us out of uh, Golas It should come to Meher Ameno in our days. Yahshu'akov to everyone for participating